Hello, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Cassidy. In today's episode, I share a conversation I have with Brittany Airhorn. Brittany is a nurse. She's also an advocate and activist for Turner Syndrome. One of my hopes with the podcast is to offer education and resources and engage in dialogue when it comes to things that we don't often talk about. Turner Syndrome is not something I knew very much about before really talking to Brittany, and after learning more myself, was excited to have her on the podcast and engage in conversation and share more about Turner Syndrome with all of you, offering education and resources, which Brittany does. I'm excited to share her with all of you, so let's get to the conversation. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast with Dr. Cassidy Freitas, licensed marriage and family therapist. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, let's jump in. Hello, Brittany. Thank you so much for recording this episode with me today. Oh, I'm so excited and thank you for the opportunity. So Brittany, you and I first met, I think it was late winter last year at a women's retreat. And while we were there, you shared with me some of the work that you were doing as an activist on around Turner syndrome. And I wasn't too familiar with Turner syndrome. So you educated me and offered me lots of information and shared with me that you would love to be on the podcast and share more about Turner syndrome as part of your activist work. And I was really excited to have you on and to offer you as a resource. So share with us a little bit more about the work that you do. Absolutely. So I am actually a registered nurse, and I'm in graduate school to become a nurse practitioner. Uh, I live in Southern California. I have three siblings uh, who I'm close with, and we all live really close to each other. Um, and I am just super passionate about helping others, spreading awareness about uh, Turner syndrome and, and also just creating community in the context of having Turner syndrome, but just in general as well. Anything that has to do with building community, I am all about. So could you share with us a little bit more about what Turner syndrome is for those who may not know? Absolutely. Uh, so Turner syndrome is an abnormality with the very last chromosome out of our 46 chromosomes, uh, where I'm, I'm actually missing my very last chromosome. And that's kind of the classic, um, karyotype, uh, of Turner syndrome, meaning that's kind of the classic genetic makeup. And, uh, it, primarily is picked up because uh, women are the only ones who have Turner syndrome and they start to uh, have a decline in growth. Um, Growing up, they tend to not kind of stay on a good growth pattern. Um, They might have, uh, you know, other endocrine problems, cardiac problems, um, and, you know, possibly some learning and developmental delays as well. Um, 
but there, there are definitely a lot of old practices and old, um, science in, in describing someone with Turner syndrome where they're basically, uh, described as, you know, not having proper mental function. Um, they're, you know, very, very short, um, and just not average in a lot of ways. That's kind of, um, an old description of it, but I've come to see it's a spectrum, just like any other condition that someone might have, where, you know, people live a, a pretty normal life, um, and, you know, they, they might just have different aspects of their lives that are more impacted by Turner syndrome than not. So I know that one of the things you shared with me is that your family has been a huge support system for you um, and your parents have been big advocates. And considering the fact that there are still some of these old descriptions and old ideas or discourses around Turner syndrome, could you share with us the role that your family has played as, as your support system and as advocates? Yeah. So... I'll kind of start from the beginning. Um, before I even had memories of, you know, having Turner syndrome, um, my parents found out at birth that I had Turner syndrome, which is phenomenal and something that I'm so thankful for to get care right away. Uh, and right away, my parents found the medical professionals who were most uh, aware of Turner syndrome and practiced in Turner syndrome and knowledgeable about it. So we actually would travel quite far to Northern California to see my specialists. Um, in, and so in that sense, my parents were huge advocates for me, but on an everyday basis, um, you know, I went to a very small private school, and my parents told our family that I had Turner syndrome, but growing up, my friends did not know that I had Turner syndrome because they wanted me to be treated like a normal kid and be able to be viewed just like everybody else and be given the same opportunities as everybody else. And for me not to have the mentality, ultimately, that you know, I was different in that I, you know, had a crutch, so to speak. Wow. So do you feel like having parents who were such big advocates has influenced, you know, the own ways in which you advocate for yourself now and maybe even advocate for others? Yeah, it's been a huge impact. I mean, ultimately, it's shown me how to care and advocate for myself and for others, and it made me want to go into the healthcare profession uh, to be able to advocate for others with Turner Syndrome. So really, it's it's created a passion in me and kind of a foundation for, you know, what I think is important to help others uh, from a, a healthcare standpoint. So I know how you and I have talked in the past about how you've had to face some of the myths or societal messages out there on Turner Syndrome. So what are some of the myths that you would like to disrupt, the myths out there on Turner Syndrome? Some of the myths are that 
um, you know, people, women with Turner syndrome or girls with Turner syndrome can't live a normal life that they are, you know, mentally and, um, you know, developmentally challenged and, um, you know, can't function normally. Uh, it's something that's I've seen literally in the textbooks that I've seen, you know, in my biology classes, my nursing classes, uh, they, they don't describe these, these scientific, you know, medical books don't describe Turner syndrome in detail. And it doesn't give the nuances about Turner syndrome that, you know, there's so much that can be done to, uh, create a very good quality of life for individuals, um, you know, the myths are that there's a short lifespan, you know, the, the mental capacity is not normal. Um, and that's something that I have seen not to be true. Um, sadly, it kind of, I've seen it get into some head, the heads of some people I know with Turner syndrome. Um, you know, maybe they do have some some things that are harder than others, but um, it, it definitely hurts my heart when they kind of focus on that and, you know, say, oh, I have Turner syndrome, so it's because of that I have this problem and it's never going to get fixed. Um, yeah, so those are those are some of the things that I feel are myths and that I've, I've seen, you know, tangibly in books and um, kind of what's talked about amongst medical professionals who are not fully knowledgeable about Turner syndrome. So another thing that you and I had a chance to talk about was you shared with me that about your own experiences with therapy. So I wonder if you, if there's parts of those experiences that you could speak to, um, for maybe those who are listening, who are maybe nervous about therapy or curious in how therapy could be supportive. Um, so if you could share a little bit about your experience. Absolutely. In my life, I've I started therapy about seven years ago. I had, you know, thought positively of therapy before, even though I had never had any experience with it. Um, and I was very open to it after just some, you know, hard life events that is that had happened at the time. And really, I sought it out because I knew that it could be a wonderful place for me to process what was going on in my life. Uh, Cause there was, you know, something big that happened. Um, but I also saw that it would give me the tools that I needed to help get through a big situation. And also just, you know, everyday small, smaller things that would really, you know, impact me for the rest of my life and be able to help me understand myself better. Uh, so the, the ways it's kind of specifically helped me, um, I've been able to, to really dig deep and learn a lot about myself and kind of what makes me tick and why, you know, just how, how I function, uh, you know, in good ways, because we all have very good qualities and I, you know, I, I like to think we all, we all have motivation for why we do things and it's important to know what that is. Um, 
And it also has helped me a lot with just understanding relationships as well. Uh, you know, friendships and, uh, you know, other relationships too. So you mentioned other relationships. I wonder if you could share a little bit about the role that Turner syndrome has on becoming a parent. Um, so for instance, does having Turner syndrome impact your reproductive life? Absolutely. It does. And that's a very good question. Uh, so one aspect of Turner syndrome is that, uh, it usually impacts the reproductive system where uh, girls with Turner syndrome usually are born without eggs. Um, they don't go through puberty on their own, um, which was my case. And that has uh, impacted me because I won't be able to have kids on my own. Uh, and then kind of even more, more recently, um, I was born with a heart condition. And uh, as an adult now, uh, it's um, kind of been processed with my, my cardiologist um, that it would probably be best not to even carry a child on my own. So I, I would definitely look at adoption for my own journey uh, in having a family. And that's actually the case, you know, with a lot of people with Turner syndrome. Um, you know, IVF is, is an option if you have the right amount of health in place. But if, you know, there's something that might uh, be impacted by that, then adoption is actually a, something that a lot of women choose uh, to start a family when they have Turner syndrome. Even as a child, I, before I even, you know, kind of had a little bit of progression of my heart condition, um, where it wasn't out of the question to do, uh, like IVF it, in my head, like even as a 10 year old, it, that wasn't even an option for me. Adoption was what I knew was going to be my journey. So that's kind of cool that it's always been on my heart for such a long time. Oh, Brittany, I'm so excited for you for when, for when that time comes, for when that happens, um, especially considering how long it's been on your heart. I, I had another question for you, and this is related to diagnoses and labels. So I have a lot of clients who carry their own diagnoses, um, some before they came to see me, some that we came to together when it was appropriate. And diagnoses and labels can sometimes be really useful in terms of getting the right support or in terms of helping really identify an experience that somebody's having and feeling less alone. Other times, diagnoses and labels can be really sticky um, and can also sometimes add to the suffering. So I'm, I'm curious to hear about your personal experience with when it comes to labels and diagnoses. Yeah, so I'm thankful for the foundation that my parents laid in terms of, um, you know, acknowledging I have Turner syndrome and it's a part of who I am, but not kind of making it to where it was like my defining aspect as a human being. 
you know, they didn't, they didn't tell my friends or my friend's parents that I had this chromosomal abnormality because really, you know, I, I was functioning as a normal, you know, I'm, I'm functioning as a normal person and it wasn't, it isn't my defining factor. Uh, I think that it's, it's important to have knowledge um, in terms of, you know, if there's something going on, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, um, it's kind of good to have a description and knowledge about something. But, you know, there's, there's just spectrums with every, you know, illness or, or diagnosis. And I think it's more about seeking the best care and and having the right resources to function to the best that you can and be you know the best version of you <laughs> and and really be able to have good quality of life and feel like you have a purpose. Brittany, speaking of purpose, what are your hopes and dreams as an activist yourself? And I guess not just your activism goals, but also any personal goals that you have. Good question. (laughs) Um, I guess a personal hope um, would be to really be an advocate for others uh, with Turner syndrome and just, you know, as a nurse, just advocate for those with health needs. Um, I I actually have huge hopes and dreams to start a clinic for women and girls with Turner syndrome where they can get kind of a full scope of care. Um, It's kind of something that stirred up in me during grad school. Um, There's, there's only a few clinics, probably two clinics in the United States where they you know, have so many specialists that are specifically knowledgeable with Turner syndrome. And I would love to be a nurse practitioner who can help be a primary care provider and then, um, you know, kind of help run the clinic and, and facilitate all these, you know, specialists and, and care that individuals would need. Um, that's kind of a professional goal. Um, uh, I guess a personal goal would be to, um, you know, have growing relationships with my family. Um, I personally would love to be married and have a family one day as well. Um, yeah, that's something that's definitely huge, huge in terms of a goal for me. Wow. Brittany, this, this idea of a clinic sounds amazing. Um, and starting a family, and I'm just I'm so excited to hopefully get to watch all of these um, ambitions and dreams come true for you, or for you to manifest them. So I'm wondering if you could share with us some of your favorite resources. Maybe somebody is listening to this podcast episode because they themselves have Turner syndrome, or someone they love has Turner syndrome, or they're just wanting to learn more. Where would you send people to to learn more? The first place that I would say to go to is actually the Turner Syndrome Society of the United States website. It's tssus.org. And 
on their website, they have so many articles um, with information that's actually current and up to date regarding Turner syndrome. Um, it's got a lot of resources about local communities and connections for others with Turner syndrome uh, and for, you know, families and parents as well. Um, and they also have a lot of books on there too. Uh, and, you know, I would just say in general, um, don't be scared of, you know, something like a diagnosis or something that's new or just something that's unfamiliar, kind of just do your research on it, kind of just gain more knowledge and, um, bef you know, before you kind of begin making any judgments about it. Um, and, you know, the best place to do that are, um, you know, research communities kind of like the Turner Syndrome Society and, um, you know, not just one one textbook that has a paragraph about something. I I know in terms of just resources for therapy, I know kind of going to like your local place of worship, they might, that's actually how I, I found a referral for a therapist. Um, I'm very active in my church community. And I just went to, you know, someone I trusted there and said, hey, like I'm looking to start therapy, do you have any referrals or recommendations or just, you know, places to go to? That's a, I, I love that uh, piece of advice there because I think that oftentimes people really get stuck in knowing where to go to find a therapist. And there are lots of ways in which you can find a therapist. One of the best is to um, get a referral from a trusted person or a trusted community. So where can people continue to follow you and your journey? Yeah, so I am on Instagram, and I like to share a lot about my nursing journey, um, which has been a process in itself uh, on there. And I also love to just be open about Turner Syndrome on there, too, and create community. So I'm on Instagram at Britt Erhorn, uh, and as my my username. Um, so you can find me there. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down virtually with me and have this conversation. It's just been such a pleasure to get to know you and I'm excited to be able to share you with the Holding Space podcast audience. So thank you so much. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure to be able to interact with you more and spend more time chatting. And yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure for me. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. If you did, you might want to subscribe and be the first to hear about future episodes as soon as they air. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Have a great day.